Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This episode of the Cold Popcher podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com/coldpopcher. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What are you gonna do when they come for you? When your name is called? When your number comes up? When, where will you be? When there is a bad boy. Yeah, that's right. The two good boys at the Cult Popsha <laughs> Podcast are covering the mm. Bad Boys franchise. That's right, everybody. Welcome along to the Cop Popcher Podcast. My name is AJ. I'm joined by Richard. And this is, of course, an episode of our flagship series, film franchise Fortnite, where we cover a different film franchise every fortnight. Um, I'll, my favorite flavor of, of chippies, sour cream and franchives. Mm. My favorite is salt and vinegar. Okay. And I, sour cream and chives is probably my least favorite, which is interesting because what's your least favorite? Salt and vinegar. Mm. Horrible. Why would you want to eat vinegar? What planet do we live on? And with salt, the worst thing that could be accompanying vinegar. Sour cream. It just makes it salty. Letting the cream go sour. Sour cream. Do you not like sour cream? No, I do. Well, then what's your problem? I just prefer salt and vinegar. Today on Film Franchise Fortnite... And you know what? I Richard like said, banana milk. Yuck. Ew. I had a can of banana that's, milk with dinner the other night. That's actually fucked up. With my salt and vinegar You're chips. a bad boy. You you said you're a good boy, but you're a bad boy. Mm. Anyway, we are, we are checking in with a couple of other bad boys today on the podcast with the Bad Boys franchise, which is currently a trilogy of buddy cop action movies. Um, it's So it's currently a trilogy of buddy cop action movies. It's probably not going to change if more movies come out. They're mm. probably still going to be buddy cop action movies. Um, they star Will Smith and Martin imagine Lawrence. If, imagine if one day you wake up and Bad Boys is just like a trilogy of horror films. Wow, like they change in that way. It's not that the series pivots, the fabric of reality is rewritten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people, like, and it happens in the next two days. So people wake up. Mm. Listen and go listen to their favorite podcasters, their favorite good boy podcasters, mm. and they're like, "Oh, cool! They're talking about another horror classic, the Bad Boys franchise." It does sound and we're like talking horror, about doesn't it? what appears to be a completely different franchise. Mm. What a crazy, 
<laughs> jumping off point for discussion, but I, I, I like it. We've never discussed that before. Um, <laughs> the the third film in the series, Bad Boys for Life, came out in recent memory, and due to the pandemic, was like the highest grossing American movie of 2020, which is such an unassuming yeah. movie to, to have that title. Uh, the first two films, though, Bad Boys in 1995 and Bad Boys 2 in 2003, were both directed by Michael Bay, with the first one actually being his debut feature film. Uh, with these two films and the five Transformer films he directed, Michael Bay continues to climb, uh, continues his climb to be one of the most prolific directors we've covered on the podcast, uh, graduating him to what I'm calling the Seven Club, a cluster of uh, directors whose seven films covered on film franchise fortnights put them as our fifth equally most watched directors on the podcast, next to Barbie director Conrad Helton, Steven Spielberg, Tyler Perry, Hideaki Arno, and the grey man himself, David Yates. <laughs> they're, they're all on seven with um, Michael Bay now. Um, wow. Sadly, though, unless he directs another sequel anytime soon, this will be his last boost in numbers. Um, for those keeping score as well, the directors beating the seven club include Ishido Honda with eight films, Charles Grovesner, and William Lau with nine films, Robert Rodriguez with 10 films, and of course, Robert Vince mm. with 16 films, which he probably has more by this point. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't checked in on the Airbud franchise for a long yeah, time. Yeah, but I mean, we could get, you know, if we get like a um, 14 hours, the even more secret soldiers of Benghazi, you know, then that would add a Michael Bay film. Not necessarily him doing the sequel, but if any of his films what? get spun off into franchises. Ah, oh, right, right, of course, yep, yep. Seven nice. Underground. Seven, uh, let's get Ambulance. It's got an extra A in there. <laughs> uh, Bad Boys came out in 1995. As I said, it was directed by Michael Bay. Do you know what it has on Rotten Tomatoes, Richard? 23. That's it's pretty low. It's got 42%, so not quite that low. Um, but, you know nothing to write home about despite the movie's reputation i think mm. um what what is this film about what is bad boys what are they gonna do so it's interesting because these are movies very much like we've spoken about this before in the past that like bad films and like when i say bad i'm like specifically no, bad boys richard sorry michael, you're mistaken michael bay's films that like they're the ones mm. that people often give us examples of oh they just turn your brain off movies um but mm. they're actually quite complicated and i don't i don't think i followed any of them like that closely but mm. you don't need to <laughs> but mm. the sort of the main sort of crux and what a lot of the comedy comes from in bad boys is that they're so they're bad boys they're they're cops they're hunting down they're, the you know. cops call them bad boys they'd be like they follow the law they're law-abiding law enforcers <laughs> but there's yeah there's these stolen drugs and everything but anyway they have to protect tia leone who mm. um but through various mishaps they have to switch identities so you have mm. marcus who's martin lawrence's character is like a family man he's settled down and then will smith's character mike lowry is more of a playboy and a lot of the sort of comedy of the film like i said comes from the fact that they're having to pretend to be each other and mm. yeah it's, a, it's an interesting thing to have in your first film it feels it's a very sequely idea because you yeah. spend a film really uh you know cementing these characters as who they are and 
you know, I could never picture Mike Lowry not as a playboy. But then, <laughs> no, it's 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 we have your first film is uh, is sets that up as the plot. I think it's it's it feels sequely because by the time I knew this movie existed, it already had a sequel. Like mm. you, it's 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 you know, there's plenty of of like Freaky Friday doesn't need a whole movie to set up its two characters before they switch roles. Mm. But like, if there was a Freaky Friday two, I'd be like, it's weird they're doing this in the first one. It just feels like <laughs> like, and I also thought like the you so much of the first movie is them being called by each other's names, and that's mm. such a confusing thing to be in a, the first part of a trilogy. Is like you you forget who's who. Um, yeah, it is it is a very sequely um a sequely trope. I also think that uh Will Smith's Mike Lowry, uh, he his name gets said aloud disproportionately more times than Marcus Burnett. Why is everyone saying Mike Lowry in this trilogy? Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. I've heard that name a hundred... I watched all of these in one day, by the way, mm-hmm. which maybe didn't help. But, like, I feel like I've heard the name Mike Lowry 10,000 times. <laughs> I thought it was, like, a different name. Like, I, I thought that, like, Mike Lowry is someone else. Right. Like, it felt no, familiar a- already when I started watching it. Right. Or maybe it's because you'd heard this movie in the background. They say it yeah. Oh, he's a rugby union player, oh, and he was the the twentieth governor of Washington from nineteen ninety three to nineteen ninety seven. That will be what I'm thinking of. What a crazily like! It's weird that that name already had like significant landscape, and then mm. they named a character after it. Mm. Anyway, um, it's not just dumb, though, because it's a sequel trope. It's also the way it's set up is so stupid. So the reason why Marcus is pretending to be Mike is because Tia Leone's character, is whose name is Julie, she's their only witness to a murder. And she calls them up, and for some reason she knows about Mike. And mm. so she's like, I will only talk to Mike Lowry. So Marcus has to pretend to be Mike so that she'll talk to him, and she doesn't know what he looks like. And like this gets Marcus in trouble with his wife, who um, the movie goes out of its way several times to let us know, is not putting out. Mm. The greatest sin of all. Mm. Um, For a woman. And... <laughs> and the the whole thing is just it's like it's so unnecessary and the consequences are so stupid he nearly like loses his marriage like why would you not first of all why would you even need to make julie think like i feel like as soon as you meet her you just go okay fine i'm not mike but i'm his partner i'm like Mm. literally the most trustworthy person but also why would marcus not just tell his wife the truth like Mm. she thinks she she, she's caught him out in a lie and that he's cheating on her but it's like well, like you could just tell her what's mm. going on. Um, weird, weird part of the movie. I I had seen this movie once before when I was younger. I reckon I watched it on a PSP. <laughs> right. It's a, I it's reckon a very that's PSP where I first movie. watched it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a. I think it's a pretty by the books action movie, but it also seems to think it's like subverting mm. things. I don't know. It's got that vibe. Like this ain't your daddy's action buddy cop movie. This is your mum's action cop buddy movie. But, this now feels like the default example of an action movie. Yeah, it is like it's like Lethal Weapon is your mama's um It's literally buddy. my mum's favourite action movie. Yeah, and then this ain't your mum's favourite action movie. Right. I this see. is like this is a bit more like the badass kind of one, I think. Right. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, this is the first time we've seen Martin Lawrence in film franchise Fortnites, and canonically, it's the first time we've seen Will Smith in film franchise Fortnites. <laughs> though we have uh, pre-recorded an episode that's due out in a few weeks when Richard's in America, um, that which in which Will Smith briefly appears. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Um, this is the second time in a row that we've seen Tia Leone in a franchise because she was in Jurassic Park three, uh, and the fourth time we've seen Joe Pantoliano after the Matrix and cats and dogs and cats and dogs the revenge of kitty galore mm. he plays their police captain who's um very angry all the time <laughs> yeah richard who are the bad boys and who are the bad boys in the title do you think are being because well i, I would... assume it's our, our titular bad boys who keep yeah. calling they could keep calling themselves bad boys well, they don't call themselves bad. They do in the sequel. They have this whole, they have like bad boys for life. The name of the third film is like literally their mantra. But there is a title bomb in Bad Boys in which Martin Lawrence is referring to the villains. He goes, there's oh, these, you know, we're, we're the good guys. You, you, we, we keep you safe from the bad guys. And then he sort of briefly refers to them as bad boys. And I just thought that was such confusing <laughs> branding mm. on your film called Bad Boys. If, if the, I guess they sing bad boys and stuff as well but it's it's strange to have it be like (laughs) like if i was directing this because a lot of the script was improvised michael bay said that the script was a piece of shit (laughs) and so he just got will smith and martin lawrence to improvise a lot of it if i was if if that line was improvised i would have called cut and been like that's confusing i was once at a mcdonald's and someone ordered a filet fish and the woman behind the counter called out well like one was ready and she was like did anybody order a mcfish and I was like, ew, <laughs> McFish. <laughs> I don't know, I just think these branding things are important. Um, we've heard a lot of crazy early casting ideas on the show. Like, I think about the fact that Alan Rickman was considered for Ace Ventura almost every day since you told me in 2016. I've thought about that. Um, I don't remember that. Oh, well, there you go. Let, let that sink in. Um, but in what might be the craziest one I've ever heard, <laughs> apparently the original script for Bad Boys, this was revealed pretty recently, I think by Jerry Bruckheimer. Mm. The original script for Bad Boys was titled Bulletproof Hearts and it was written with Dana Carvey and John Lovitz in mind. <laughs> That's great. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? I don't know. I'm trying to think of other famous... This shit just got real. That's my John Lovitz impersonation. I don't know how to do a Dana Carvey impersonation because his whole voice is just impersonating other characters. Yeah. Party on, Mike Lowry. (laughs) Uh, This is such a wild and fundamentally different vibe. I'm having trouble understanding what they even mean. Um, I guess it would have been like far more of a comedy and and maybe then it would have subverted the buddy cop genre. If you like, based on the fact that Michael Bay thought the script was a piece of shit and improvised the whole thing, it's like, oh yeah, the, the structure of like two wacky cops who have to mm. swap identities one's a playboy mm. it's like oh yeah okay that 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 screams dana carvey and john lovitz to me which one do you make the playboy that's my question john lovitz you reckon yeah 1995's john lovitz that man <laughs> knew how to fuck <laughs> 
Um, according to IMDb, Bad Boys producer Don Simpson arranged a trip for um, Carvey and Lovitz and him to go to Las Vegas to celebrate their upcoming work. And Carvey was so horrified by the notoriously wild Simpson that he withdrew from the project altogether, sending the film into turnaround and causing the rights to go from Disney to Columbia. <laughs> And that's how I think that's how Michael Bay like fucking ended up with it. Yeah, right. Um, in his in his lap, um, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith uh, were brought on, and um, um, they were both uh, starring in their own TV shows as when the movie came out. Lawrence, of course, in Martin. Did you ever mm. watch Martin? Mm-hmm. And Smith in a little show called The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, Martin the Lawrence of, of Arabia. Oh, very good. The Fresh Prince of Valor actually references Bad Boys, the movie, in season six, episode 20, in an episode called I Stank Horse, uh, where a character tells Will that his parents will not let him watch Bad Boys, to which Will replies, Bad Boys, huh? What you gonna do? That's pretty funny. And then I bet he looks at the camera and everyone laughs yeah 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 according to bay in the dvd commentary at the end of the film when mike and marcus are recuperating mike says i love you man bay claims that smith refused to say the line causing the director and actor to argue back and forth over the line bay wanted smith to say the line as he had felt it summed up the friendship between the cops after an argument had lasted for half the day's shoot and much of the crew was ready to pack up a fed up bay told smith to do whatever he wanted pointing at the setting sun and saying that's motherfucking nature and she's not fucking waiting for us uh, after which smith changed his mind and agreed to say the line that's a that's These a weird are thing toxic. to lose the argument over yeah <laughs> like it's also like will smith like not being comfortable with his like masculinity will that ever come up again will we ever huh? see that <laughs> come out in any new ways yeah. um that's crazy that he that like because these movies overall have like a pretty toxic masculine kind of yeah these movies are pretty pretty fucked in a lot of ways <laughs> they're very I, they're, they are sexist but i feel what they are more is like really like unwilling to progress and move with like modern converse like like characters are proud to not go to therapy and this is yeah. more in the second film than the first one and things like that um and there's also a scene in this one where Tia Leone is at um, what's actually Will Smith's house, but everyone's pretending it's, it's Martin Lawrence's house. Don't tell Tia Leone. <laughs> and she notices that all the photos are of Will Smith. And she's like, oh, is this your lover? And, and Martin Lawrence is like, no, I'm not gay. <laughs> and she, who sounds more like a like someone from modern day as opposed to 1995, is like, oh, there's nothing wrong with being homosexual. I was just wondering. And he goes, no. <laughs> i'm not gay so we all know that they're not gay yeah there is some homosexual subtext though is there i think so hmm. is it because they, they these two best friends like seem to hate each other's guts mm. <laughs> is that homosexual subtext <laughs> yeah it's like you know on the playground when they're like that just because she's bullying you she likes you right oh is it that's it because because mike just gives um marcus so much shit in this so that that would make sense big old crush on him (laughs) and he's and he's so he's so upset whenever marcus is like i'm not 
fucking gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and Mike's like, oh. (laughs) Breaks my heart every time. Uh, IMDB trivia is user submitted, which usually means a lot of it is written really poorly or dumb. And here are some pieces of dumb IMDB trivia I've got for Bad Boys 1. During the bathroom fight scene at Club Hell, Michael Bay was worried about killing the fish that spill out of the busted fish tank. He can't really remember if the fish were carp or giant goldfish, but safety of the fish was his number one concern. (laughs) This is like someone's like, watch the DVD commentary and this is... They're mm. just jotting down things. I can't really remember if they were a carp or a giant goldfish. Like, you don't need to put that in the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the trivia. Um, and also, uh, now playing podcast reviewed Bad Boys. The film received one oh. recommend and two not recommends. Oh. Not looking good for Bad Boys. Do you have any more thoughts on the first film? No, like, the, the second one sort of exemplifies anything I have to talk about. Mm, okay well before we do move on we we sometimes remember to do a segment called franchise where we ask why was the spun off into a franchise i i it made money but that it, i don't think it made like a crazy amount of money but like yeah and it wasn't critically received very well yeah so it is I, a real head it's also kind of a distance between the two sequels as it well. is a long time isn't it? i did not realize that this movie was this early and that how, how mm. so 95 and 2003 that's eight years yeah yeah so that's it's a long like, time yeah and so in, in that time michael bay's um filmography was like he did armageddon uh, armageddon well he did bad boys of the rock armageddon pearl harbor bad boys 2 and so it's interesting because bad boys 2 then is kind of like a return to form i guess because mm-hmm. armageddon and pearl harbor were his attempts at doing like a titanic you know like trying to sort of be taken seriously as a filmmaker have this like epic romance especially pearl harbor this like you know Mm. historic epic romance set against the backdrop of a big tragedy Mm. and pearl harbor bombed no pun intended but the then it seems like bad boys 2 was him being like right i know what you guys fucking want you just want you just want to fucking you know yeah and what do you think that wonderful return to form garnered on rotten tomatoes 23 percent. 23 percent on rotten tomatoes it's pretty <laughs> pitiful and the wikipedia page is like overwhelmingly negative re- reviews yeah. um which is interesting what is bad boys 2 about should we do we acknowledge the hot fuzz joke at this point i hadn't seen this movie yet neither had i and so sorry yeah, I'll there's... Do it. you ain't seen bad boys 2 yeah, so there's a, a Wait, Hot Fuzz, which is one of my favorite movies, and on, you like it as well. That <laughs> the yeah, there's a whole bit in it where Sergeant uh, Danny Butterball, <laughs> um, Fanny Butterball, are um, is sort of teaching Nick Frost's character is teaching Simon Begg's characters to sort of you know take it a bit easier and and what what tries wants to turn into a bit more of like an action cop because he's a very by the books cop and you know, there's this whole joke about point break and bad boys 2 being like oh my god i can't believe you haven't seen these films and they watch they end up watching bad boys 2 and yeah there's the line you ain't seen bad boys 2 and yeah neither of us had seen it and and we finally watched it and yeah what is this about it's more narcotics and mm. yeah it's uh will smith is in a secret relationship with martin lawrence's sister 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just a bunch of it's it's to do with ecstasy. Is the big, yeah the, the dastardly the <laughs> drug smuggling of ecstasy mm. <laughs> seems like such a tame drug to be like mm. the basis of an action film now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if we necessarily need the the the. The plot is essentially that they just go on an action. They go adventure. to Cuba or something at one point in the third act. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, what did you think of this movie? I I really liked it. I thought it was fucking dope. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I watching the first two, but more more so the second one. I was like, ah, now I see why Michael Bay keeps getting money, why he keeps right. getting stuff greenlit. Because, like, my God, the man is unstoppable <laughs> but the, just the way like every you watch a scene and it will be like you know a very simple scene and every single shot is exciting and there's there's movement and mm. there's parallax and it's this thing that you you really come to understand how inimitable it is like mm. so many people try to like shoot these big action scenes and with Michael Bay, the thing is that you sometimes lose a bit of like coherency in it, especially like Six Underground is like incoherent at, at mm. points and just like, but where something like Bad Boys 2, he still has that bit of you can follow the action, what's going on, but you just like every single shot is exciting and cool and shows you scale and, you know, it's it's like it, it, this this taps into a very primal man part of my brain which is like big car chase and you know explosion and i don't i don't like that side of myself but he had a great time watching this film Mm. he is in that side of yourself Mm. yeah yeah i mean i in a lot of ways i can understand why this movie has like the reputation of being the mvp of the series and also like the mvp of probably action movies from the last 20 years um Mm. it's it is it's michael bay at his flashiest yet i think and the cinematography Mm. is like a marked improvement on the first film like there's a lot more lavishness to it um the action is a lot more exciting i did think it was too a bit too long it's two and a half hours long um but it is a weird example of me siding with audiences or siding with turn your brain off movies or siding with michael bay three things i usually do not side with Mm. i think there is now a place for movies like this but critics were maybe a bit too dismissive in 2003 or at least like in the hierarchy of what a critic considers important in a movie I think story is so far up there that something which doesn't really focus on story like this can be like reviewed so negatively because it's firing on all cylinders in other areas. I would say like this type of movie was perfected in Mad Max Fury right. Road, right? That it's like, and critics were at a time when they were able to come around to that, that it's like, it doesn't matter what the story is. Like if the action and the staging and the cinematography is that good, it can actually override yeah. everything else. And like, Mad Max You Wrote is a turn your brain off movie. It, it definitely has something mm. to say, but you don't need to follow the plot at all to enjoy that film. You don't have to pick up on mm. any of the subtext to understand what an incredible mm. film that is. And Bad Boys 2 is like the same kind of thing where it's like, yeah, the, the, the staging of the action and the cinematography is actually good enough that it's like that's actually enough to carry the film and because there's like there's some chase sequences in this where i was like 
fuck this is actually mm. awesome yeah i agree what was your favorite chase scene there's one in the middle of the film that i mm. really liked nice was it in a car what's your favorite one i don't anyway. know i'm not sure i had a favorite i, I liked um I liked the the end where they like blow up the mansion and they like drive a car drive a yellow Hummer through like this de- this mm. destroyed mansion. I thought that was great. Um, as you mentioned, though, the uh, one of the subplots in the film is that Marcus's sister and Mike are in a secret love affair, and she is also an undercover cop who's come to uh, Miami where the films are all set in order to, um, to bust the main bad guy. I mean, she is actually played by Gabrielle union. And this is our second Gabrielle union yeah, franchise. The bring it on sequel. No, she's in the first one. Is she the first one? Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's in the first bring it on movie. Um, and the, it's the third time we've seen Jordi Mola who plays the, the villain of the film, um, after Ant-Man and Riddick, which he apparently appears in. Wow. There is a scene in this movie that I thought was crazy, and it's when it is a car chase, and they're chasing like a morgue van through the city, <clears throat> and oh, the yeah. the doors on the back of the morgue van open up, and all these dead bodies start falling out, and yeah. I was like, "This is horrific! Like this looks like something from like a horror movie. It's so scary. Mm. They're like falling on the road and getting run over and everything. It was horrible." A lot of dead bodies in this. There's one. They're, they're looking through the dead bodies because they figure yeah. that's where the drugs have been stored. And there's a dead body with an immaculate pair of breasts, mm. and it is like, of course, it was going here. <laughs> like, as soon as they they pull back the thing, and it's like this close up shot on these, you know, perfectly round, gigantic boobies. I was like, yeah, I should have seen this coming. And then Marcus has to hide under the cover with his face right next to mm. the tatas. I thought that was horrible. I thought that was one of the it was, the ickiest things I've ever seen. Like yeah, no, do- it's just it's <laughs> disgusting, but it, but it's like it, yeah, it, I just had that thing of like yeah, of course. Like it's such a it's yeah. I mean we talk I feel like we talk about this with almost every franchise we do that's over 10 years old now, but like it is such a like horrific example of what was like considered fun and jokey but mm. like it's like a, a naked dead woman and it's it's like ah oh, this is so gross because it's surrounded by like quite an intriguing scene where they're having to mm. like stick their hands into the like cadavers to find if there's drugs stored in them because that's how they reckon they're shipping the drugs which is really grim and grisly and and kind of like i kind mm. of like how like specific that idea is that and that it's mm. in this movie but that moment i was just like oh this is such bad taste it made me feel gross yeah. god i hated it what what do you feel about the scene where the the titular bad boys meet marcus's daughter's new boyfriend so great 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 scene to pull up so they this 15 year old kid named reggie and remember that because I've, I've seen that scene before because people have sent it to me being like oh, the funniest scene in bad <laughs> there's this 15 year old kid named reggie who's come to pick up marcus's daughter to take her on a date and marcus and mike in a way that's actually in in the point it is in the film is actually mending their friendship together because they've had a had a mm. big argument they basically put on this big scary show where they're like how old are you and he's like 15 you look at least 30 they both say that and then they like pull mm. out a gun and like basically like freak him out so that he'll get the daughter home by 10.01 p.m specifically mm. um and it is funny i did think that like it is so like 
Michael Bay is a is a, a sexist artist. Like mm. his work is inherently sexist. His his cinema eye is has been trained to be sexist. And I thought mm. a really interesting way of showing that in a way he maybe doesn't even realize is that to him a sort of oddly wholesome comforting scene where two characters rekindle their friendship involves them like having a say over a, over a young girl's body yeah, yeah. you know like it's it is in the in the it's so it's so it's not bayhem because that usually refers to the action but it is in the mm. the his his toolbox i guess to have shit like that in it what did you think of it yeah it's funny because it's like it is a gross misuse of police like yeah exactly you know, power. oh they, they like and, and, mess and with like evidence and they will arrive at in both movies both no, yeah. movies. and so. this is the thing that like especially in this one as well it, it, it's very much the epitome of the like oh they don't play play by the book but damn it they get results <laughs> and it's like boy they're lucky that bad boys for life came out early in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, it's so like yeah, it's it's much it's a much harder watch um, these days. You know mm. that that sort of thing isn't isn't looked upon as as fun anymore. But again, there is it, it. It sucks that I was I'm forced to be like, yeah, I had fun watching the cops break rules to cop again, and yeah, and there's a similar franchise we'll cover in two weeks that in two episodes that has a similarly problematic second film that I. <laughs> turn the other cheek <laughs> <laughs> that's not what that phrase means you mean you turned a blind eye to it you didn't you didn't allow turn the other cheek would be like you saw a sexist film and you were like fine continue being sexist and let it like wash over you <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened okay fair enough uh i don't think that like they're obviously you know cops and things like that's such a that's such a complicated argument and complicated conversation to have um and one that maybe doesn't feel as close to home for you or i who live in new zealand but one thing i do know richard is friendship and i don't think mike lowry is a very good friend no he's not at all <laughs> um there's a scene in the film this should this film should be called bad friend it should be called bad friend and it's an arrow pointing to will smith's character <laughs> um there's a scene in the so at the start of the movie they like bust a case kkk rally and michael shannon is one of the guys one of the mm. kkk members and the, the- um i will say as well they bust the cake and there's a famous shot where um will smith busts off his clan hood mm. and has two guns pointing out the side and there's a burning cross behind him and i was like yeah michael bay knows how to fucking compose a shot like yeah. I'm sorry, but that's fucking dope. Yeah. Um, and in the ensuing chaos and, and shootout, um, Mike accidentally shoots Marcus in the butt cheek. It's very funny. Um, yeah. and funniest it's, place to get shot it's, it, 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 this plays out over the whole film because he reckons that he caused some nerve damage which is actually preventing him from getting a boner this is the subtext mm. of of um, this film um, and the this is sort of also coupled with the fact that Marcus has been going to therapy what's the thing they keep saying that's supposed to Woosa. Like, Woosa is supposed to calm them down and um, Mike who's very much supposed to be I think the character the audience is on the side of in this conversation mm. is like 
lol you you fragile men needing therapy Mm. you know um and there's a scene where they're having sort of what should be a heart to heart and it's it's unbeknownst to them as being filmed and broadcast into an entire um like best buy um and marcus is just trying to tell his friend the only close male relationship in his life he's trying to be like i've got problems man like i'm i've i i've I'm flaccid like I and you know among other things and Mike basically <laughs> says um the, there don't is, ever say the word flaccid you don't ever say again. the word flaccid to me again there is a box where we put all these things that I don't want you to talk to me about them and it is bananas to me to see a film from 2003 where the character you're supposed to look up to is promoting that idea mm. that you shouldn't open up and that you should repress certain issues that are plaguing your mind and it's it's like it's so foreign to me like and what i understand of friendship and what i understand of like the truth that art has a responsibility to tell mm. like it's a it's surely it's a much more powerful scene if they are able to because it doesn't come back they don't then later mm. on they're like all right tell me about your problems it's just treated as a joke and it's like that's such a betrayal of the truth to me of what it should be. Because, yeah. like, when you've come to me with your boner problems, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I let you open up to me. And you come to me with your boner problems where you're like, AJ, it's too big. What do I do? <laughs> When I if if my if it persists for more than four hours, I call AJ, <laughs> and then it goes right down. Because <laughs> you're not fucking gay. You're not fucking gay. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just think it's it's really interesting to see a a pretty popular movie which isn't like subconsciously promoting toxic masculine ideas. It is outwardly saying therapy yeah Yeah, therapy is for losers and you shouldn't talk to you many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda-approved weight loss medications like wagovi and zep pound for those who qualify Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Your male friends about your dick. And it's like, yes, you fucking should. People die because they don't. <laughs> you know, mm. like, because they don't think they can talk about this sort of thing. If I don't get a boner, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any any other observations on, on Bad Boys 2? Um uh no i've got some more dumb imdb trivia for you here um for bad boys 2 the first theatrical role for megan fox um she had just turned 15 she was an extra in a bar scene they dressed her in a bikini high heels and a cowboy hat and brought her on set to meet with michael bay when bay said she'll do (laughs) someone pointed out that she was only 15 so she can't be sitting at the bar drinking um, that's the problem. Um, so Bay said, have her dance under a waterfall. Fox recalled this experience on the Jimmy Kimmel show in 2009, saying how she felt sexualized at a young age. Instead of sympathizing with mm. her, Kimmel made jokes about it. I've seen that clip. It's really bad. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> 
Um, also on IMDb trivia, this is the first Bad Boys movie to be shot in the widescreen 239.1 aspect ratio. It's the first one to do it. Wow. Can you believe it? Have the others gone to do that? Uh, the others? <laughs> you mean the <laughs> other? I don't know, but it's still like that piece of trivia has probably been there for 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when Mike said to Marcus, this is so good, this is this is like a crisp, crunchy piece of dumb IMDb trivia. When Mike said to Marcus, Bad Boys for Life, that of course would eventually be the title for Bad Boys 3, but also especially at the time they of course were saying to each other that they would have each other's backs until the very end. <laughs> they were. They were, they were doing that. Uh, and finally, now playing podcast review, Bad Boys 2. What do you think they gave it? Uh, I'm going to say two recommends and one not recommend. Three not recommends. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, snooty. Very white podcast, maybe. Now playing podcast is snooty. I'm coming for them. How popular is now playing podcast? Pretty popular, apparently. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right. They, I won't come for them. <laughs> All right. They'll probably, yeah, they'll beat me. Please don't come for us. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, Bad Boys for Life, as we said, came out in 2020. This was not directed by Michael Bay, but instead directed by an acting duo, uh, sorry, directing duo known as uh, Adel and Bile. Uh, and these names may we may have seen come up a bit recently because the, this duo directed a couple of episodes of Ms. Marvel um, as, and as well as the as-of-this-week never-to-be-released Batgirl movie. <laughs> they were the directors on that film. Um it's so a rough go of it after making the highest grossing movie of 2020 to then your next projects. Well, I guess they had Ms. Marvel, but Batgirl mm. getting shelved is pretty annoying. Yeah. Um, and what do you think this has on Ron Tomatoes? 100%. This is 76% on Ron Tomatoes, which makes this our second franchise, which suddenly becomes critically adored after Michael Bay leaves the directing chair mm. after Transformers. And like... I mean, it is also incredibly rare for a third film to get fresh. It's incredibly rare for a third film to be fresh in a series where none of the other two are fresh. I don't know if we've seen something like that happen before. And I just think that's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's not often that people say the third, the, the first two are shit, but the third one's real good. Not that people... I, I think it might be a similar that. thing to like Jackass Forever, where it's like... This thing that at the time was like, ugh, mm. this is this is trash, this is drivel, and now there's like a reverence for it because it's yeah. it's nostalgic Art. and it's back, you know. Yeah, and um, what is, what is Bad Boys for Life about? The Bad Boys are back, and this time they're being hunted. Well, Mike's being hunted, so yeah, there's there's a guy going around based on an old case that Mike worked and. Yeah, he's going and killing all the law enforcement agents. Uh, Mike gets shot. And then uh, he's fine. He's fine. And then the captain gets shot. And he's not mm. fine. And Vanessa Hudgens is in it. And so is Michael Bay, weirdly. He's in the second one as well. Yeah. He's but the, he's he the directed the second one, so it's like, oh, yeah. But oh, then, right, yeah, yeah, he's got, like, <laughs> he's the winning MC in this one. And it's like, oh, okay. Mm. He apparently directed that scene as well. Oh, wow. um, which is which is why there's so many 360 shots of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
so spoilers, it ends up being that the, the people who are after him is actually his uh, estranged son and ex-lover. Um, who He didn't know about the son, he knew about the lover. Um, and all of this is happening while uh, Marcus has been desperate to retire for about 20 years. <laughs> um, and having had just a kid recently, or a grandkid recently, you know, he's really putting things into perspective. Um, a lot of it is... is um, Yes, sort of about where we find ourselves in, in this time in our lives and the choices we've made and why we are the people we've become. And I actually quite liked this one. I, I I feel it benefits from having new directors at the helm who are able to look back at the previous two movies and recreate the spirit. You know, like how people are like, mm. we didn't, when we, when we were remaking Animaniacs, we had to design them so that they looked like how people remembered they were, not how they actually were. You ever hear people say that? Yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't know about that. That's cool. Right. Well, that that's what this feels like. It feels like they are recreating what people remember Bad Boys 1 and 2 being like more so than what they're actually like. Yeah. Um, and I think because of this approach as well, we're able to get some like genuine character arc payoff that is really quite satisfying. Like <laughs> Marcus trying to turn over a new leaf spiritually, like he's very spiritual in this film. That mm. feels like it's it's a natural progression from him doing therapy and Bad Boys 2. And I think that it's it's such an obvious thing to take your playboy character and force them to confront what they're really wanting in their life especially as they're you know approaching their middle age um and he also confronts a demon from his past which is possibly the reason why he's been you know detached and 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 unwilling and uninterested in settling down like I dare say this is some of the best character writing we've seen in a third film of a trilogy. Mm. Like, I mean, I, I remember all that stuff being in the first two, though. Yeah, but it feels... You know what it is in the, in the no, first I, I one? Was, I was referring to the thing. What thing? Oh, right, like, right. I, was, I, see, I, see. I You know, it's, it's about how I remember it being. Well, the first the first one has sub subplots about the characters' personal lives, but they feel like they're begrudgingly there. This feels like they went they they like took these characters and, and actually had a conversation where they're like okay where would these characters be at this point in their life and what would be interesting knowing what we know of them to where what would be interesting to see happen to them and i think it's 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 something that because dis- this is also a distant sequel obviously came out 17 years after the last one and it's it's great at being a distant sequel as well and i, I think it's it's really intelligent in how it tries to continue threads which were set up by accident or not taken <laughs> very seriously in the first one and i think you would only get that from having new directors on board i think yeah i think michael bay is like over the hill now like and wouldn't pick up on these things and mm. Yeah, it's it's like like whatever Michael Bay might have had at one point, I think he's lost it. Yeah, unfortunately, you don't think is not Ambulance like his most well reviewed movie? Oh, I actually, yeah, I'm kind of keen to see Ambulance. I just but I was basing that entirely on Six Underground, which was right, right, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was um the movie was talked about as early as 2008, and a couple of directors uh came and went um including michael bay himself finally came out in 2020 a lot of doubt surrounding its release for about five years it was pretty off and on um uh martin lawrence saying things like i don't think it's going to get made in like 2017 so mm. a yeah happy story i guess yeah it's interesting like yeah sort of and being aware of a franchise but never following it but yeah it's like that sort of thing that it feels like my entire life there was talk of a bad boys three 
Mm, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. So mm. what what did you think of Bad Boys for Life? Yeah, I, I liked it. I I think there's a couple of interesting things. I like I I picked up on certain mainly story improvements and stuff that hmm. you get from getting rid of Michael Bay. But then there are some like action <laughs> shots that there are some action shots that I was like, Michael Bay would have done this better. It's a trade-off. It is a trade-off. It is yeah. a trade-off. And, but it's like you get like they, the action is really good in it. Don't get me wrong, but there's, there's the classic, the low angle 360 spinning shot that Michael Bay is known for. And it's not as good in this. It's very clearly like a ah, they've done it, but I I think if you'll allow me to be filmy for a second, I think mm-hmm. what the issue is is that Michael Bay shoots that on quite a long lens, so staying tight on the characters and zoomed in essentially, that you have then like the the parallax of the background is really fast, whereas mm. when you shoot that on a wider lens the the stuff in the background moves quite slowly and michael bay has a really good way of creating scale and it's and i mm. think that that's one of the sort of techniques mm. yeah no i'd agree with that mm. um but yeah no i think it is it is just what do you prefer do you prefer i mean but the action isn't as bad as the storytelling the the trade-off isn't no, yeah, the, the, like, action, the action's not bad don't get me wrong like there's there's mm. a really good scenes in this and some really good chases and 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 whatnot but yeah it's just that there are a couple of things where you're like ah, there's just that michael bay sheen i think i think one of the best moments of the franchises in this movie which is um where they're they're driving they're they're chasing after the bad guys and they're in like one of those motorbikes with like a side cart and mm. so martin lawrence is in the side cart and will smith's, smith's driving the the motorbike and um martin lawrence finds a, a machine gun mounted on it <laughs> and he's and will smith's like shoot him shoot him and he's like i can't because when you got shot i actually prayed and i swore to god that i would never harm again i would never you know try and hurt someone ever again and he says who do you think gave you that gun mm. and he's like what and he's like that is the lord's gun he wants you to do his work and he's like oh yeah and that that to me is like such an intelligent um situation to put those two characters in yeah. i think i thought that was brilliant and i thought <laughs> that was such a such a fun moment that um that really digs into the heart of like buddy as a genre, I guess. And like how, how dynamics fire off each other and what one person can bring out of another person for comedic entertainment value. And I feel like that's like, there's almost nothing like that in the first two (laughs) films. Like the first two films aren't like standout buddy movies, but I feel like this one does a lot better job. of being Yeah, absolutely. He's a better friend in this one. He's a better friend in this one. Um, this is our fifth time seeing Vanessa Hudgens on Film Franchise Fortnites. After the of this film. Uh, yeah, after the High School Musical trilogy and Machete Kills. Interestingly, High School Musical is mentioned by name mm. in this movie by Will Smith, uh, where he's specifically referring to the division that Hudgens' character works for as being a high school musical boy band or something like that. Yeah. Which Surely I was, that had to I, be a reference. I, I, yeah, but at the same time, what... What motivates Bad Boys for Life to doing a High School Musical reference? It's just a strange the fact that Vanessa Hudgens is on it. Really. Yeah, but 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 you know, just because Brad Pitt's in your movie doesn't mean you need a Fight Club reference. Oh, know, you just, haven't seen uh, Bullet Train yet. <laughs> is full of, but going to see it tonight is it full of Fight Club references? Could be. 
<laughs> I'm not going to say no. <laughs> um, this is also a movie we've seen which has DJ Khaled in it. I don't know if we've seen him. Has he been on for Franchise Four Nights before? Khaled, DJ Khaled, Khaled. He's is that how he's credited? Yeah, that's so funny. Um, he's in a, he's in one scene where he plays like a a butcher, and and Will Smith goes and and visits him and beats him up. Fucking and butchers I, him. I thought he wasn't that bad of an actor. I was quite surprised at how convincing he pulls off. Like, you know, getting being scared and getting interrogated and and getting beat up. Well, like, it's because he's just a massive pussy in real life. <laughs> yeah, but to be able but to he doesn't like, eat them. To be able to like convey that is interesting. Mm. I thought. I don't know. I just thought he was a weirdly good actor in this <laughs> and his role in this. It's one of only like two things where he doesn't play himself. He's wow. Um, he's he's he has a cameo on Shotters, which is something from two thousand two. Um, but the only other one where he doesn't play himself is in a film. Uh, and he plays Ears in Spies in Disguise. Yeah, which also stars Will Smith. I yeah, yeah. See that. So maybe they, they, they're friends. I can't believe DJ Khaled had a cameo in something in 2002. Was he even famous then? Uh, no. <laughs> this is a cameo if you're not famous? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like a... Yeah, Maybe it's the, the, the inception of the be. character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. And there's also a character in this movie, part of the same team that Vanessa Hudgens works with at, at the police station. Um, and he's, they're like, oh, why does he work inside? He's such a buff guy. And like, I once punched a guy. He used to work as a bouncer, once punched a guy and killed him. And so he doesn't, um, he doesn't, doesn't do violence anymore. Um, and in the end, they have to get him to join their team as they like shoot up a <laughs> mansion. <laughs> and one of the, they're like, hey, if you do this, I'll pay for your therapy. And he goes, okay, good. I'm going to need it seriously. And there's a real seriousness to it. Um, at the end of the movie, he, they, they are having like, like beers together. And, um, this character is like, Oh yeah, I've been going to therapy. And they actually said I should have a group therapy session with all you guys. If you wanted to come along. And, um, uh, Marcus Martin and Mike says, I'm not fucking gay. <laughs> <laughs> they both sort of feign interest. They're like, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe. And then they go and speak by themselves. And one of them is like, yeah, I'm not going to that. But he kind of sounds like, like he's fronting it kind of sounds like it's going to reveal he has been going to therapy Mm. or something like that but i wonder if this was quite the um controversial scene behind the camera i wonder if there was a conversation about how the the anti-therapy the other two movies are Mm. and like an intent to change that to be more like "Eh, people should go to therapy Uh, but the producers or maybe michael bay or maybe even the actors we're still like, ah, oh, we we can't. It's integral to their character that they don't <laughs> believe in this. So like that, they, they leave it on that vague thing where it's like one character represents why going to therapy is good, but the two main characters are still they're butch, so they're not yeah, gonna yeah, go. yeah they're not gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, dumb IMDb trivia. In Bad Boys 1995, Detective Marcus Burnett and Mike Lowry presumably held the ranks of Detective Sergeants. Burnett holds his badge up in the film and it reads Detective Sergeant. Subsequently, in Bad Boys 2 in 2003, they were promoted to Detective Lieutenants as their badge read that rank when they are shown. However, in Bad Boys for Life, they are both merely ranked as first grade detectives, which are lower ranked than lieutenants. (laughs) (laughs) So that means that at some point... 
Like, they went off, <laughs> they did something so bad and got them demoted, but, like, their captain still loves them and everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, and finally, uh, now playing podcast review Bad Boys for Life. What do you think they gave it? Three recommends. They gave it three recommends. What a what a beautiful story. Yeah. To, to You know, it has a middle where everything's bad and then things get better than they were at the start. It's um, Vonnegut. It's Vonneganishian. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story shape uh, lecture um yeah so that is the three films did you have anything else you wanted to say about bad boys for life Nah, i do want to nah. talk about titles with you though i do want to talk about titles as well and i'm only putting this here because everyone would be upset like i <laughs> i got no beef with these titles <laughs> i think um like part of me is like oh you could have called bad boys too like bad boys undercover or something mm. like that Better but like boys. bad boys bad boys 2 is such an iconic title mm. now that i'm like nah bad boys 2 is good and i guess like the only note i would have is like maybe the third one should have just been bad boys 3 i feel like oh, well okay i i have to play devil's advocate here that people because the big sort of complaint people had people expect you to have is that the third one should be called bad boys for life because four is a number and it's Mm. not the fourth film um Mm. you know and i think for me the thing is that if you're making a fourth one you can't call the third one bad boys for life Hmm. because also in a similar way to Jackass Forever, that implies some sense of finality as well. Mm-hmm. That like not only does it have an uh, a homonym or homophone mm-hmm. of the number four in the title, but you know, Bad Boys for Life is like, yeah, we're leaving it here, but now they're saying, yeah, we're doing a Bad Boys Four, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, you, you know, if I handed you a bunch of Blu-rays for Bad Boys and said, put these in order, and the <laughs> and the next one's called Bad Boys Undercover. You would go, okay, Bad Boys, obviously that's the first one, Bad Boys 2. Then you'd go Bad Boys Undercover, and you would assume Bad Boys for Life is the last one. Mm. I detest puns so much that I don't You love them in titles, though. You always always go on about hating puns, and then every time you suggest a title for something, it's a pun. It always feels more like wordplay than a pun to me. But yeah, I, I, you, I, you have this bizarre, like you're able to draw the line in your head, or like I, yeah, no, I agree with you that it is weird. I th- I just hate it when like someone makes a pun and then looks at me and I'm I'm obliged to laugh at this shit house joke. Like fuck off, I'm not gonna laugh at that. No, and, 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 and then they're like, no, it's the title for my short film, and you're like, it's such a good it's title. Brilliant! It's brilliant. <laughs> um, Batman Forever is the third one. No one ever complained about that. I I do. Do you? How do I complain about that? that every day of my life. Wow. Right before never bed. Heard, never. Oh, that's why I wouldn't have heard it. Because I don't go to bed with you because I'm not fucking gay. <laughs> we have a segment on our show uh, where if you donate to our Patreon, if you donate to the Cult Elders tier, then you get to tell us something that you like about or that you think about the franchise that we're doing. Um, and we, we have a little secret Discord channel uh, where people can tell us this. The segment is called, or the, the, the tier is called Cult Elders, and the segment is called Meeting of the Elders, where we discuss people's thoughts. So I'm just opening up the Cult Elders uh, Discord now, um, and I ask people to, to tell me what their thoughts on Bad Boys were. 
Um, Tyler Rats Ate My Money <laughs> says nothing to add regarding the trilogy, but they are so mean to that kid Reggie when he comes to pick up Megan in the second one. I mean, I know they're bad boys or whatever, but the point they they point a gun at him for crying out loud. I get that it was 2003, and asking a 15 year old, Have you ever made love to a man? Do you want to? is meant to be and to intimidate him. But is it time we phase out the overprotective dad trope? I think that's a great point, Tyler. I agree. Mm. Um, this scene is is just an example because we see it everywhere in society and I hate for someone to talk to my son that way. Maybe that's a touch heavy, so P.S. please, Richard, for the love of God, come back from America with another pair of pants. I bought another pair of pants the other day. I had to because I was flying on a Defence Force New Zealand, Royal in New Zealand Defence Force plane and they had a strict dress code that you weren't allowed to wear jeans and you had to wear like a business shirt. What do they care? What on earth? What do they care? Yeah. Don't tell you about this. No. Yeah, they had a strict dress code, so I had to go buy pants. That sucks, dude. (laughs) It fucking sucks. Vincent Bay says, Bad Boys was a franchise I always saw playing on TV for years and years. It was something for young me to watch, and I thought it was awesome. Today, I I see it as just Michael Bay doing his style and making an alright buddy cop story in the first two. Bad Boys for Life was fun enough, but also joins in the dumb stylized trope of making Mexico look like an orange filter come to life. (laughs) Um, God damn it. Also, I am shocked there was never an early 2000s Bad Boys video game. It feels like a missed opportunity to make this gun-loving franchise a licensed video game money maker there actually was a video game based on the second film called bad boys miami breakdown or something like that takedown what is it called takedown is it mm. um so there yeah well there you go vincent you have you have something you can do now you can go to maybe it'll be on the playstation store in your region and you can go <laughs> and um yeah you can go you can go get out bad go. boys you can go. You can go get Bad Boys Miami Breakdown. Wait, what's it fucking called? <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding it. Um, Miami Takedown. Yeah, that's what you said, right? Yeah. Or just ba- or it's just called Bad Boys Two. It's on PlayStation Two, so it does exist. Um, and finally, uh, Paul Hill says, "Watch Bad Boys for the first time in the past week." I'm guessing this film, this is the film Too Fast Too Furious drew a lot of inspiration from. Uh, Too Fast Too Furious was actually playing at the same time, was filming at the same time as Bad Boys Two. So wow, and the um, the massive oil fire in <laughs> Bad Boys Two actually blocked out the set of Too yeah, Fast exactly. Too Furious. That there is. Uh, it is not as extreme as that, but that is sort of the truth. Uh, meeting adjourned, Richard. Meeting adjourned. Continue the franchise is our best segment on the show, and this is a segment where <laughs> um, yeah. we we talk about where we'd take the series next. But first, in terms of, of further sequels to the Bad Boys franchise, as you uh, talked about before, there is a fourth film um, in some stage of development. Uh, Bad Boys for Life does end with a cliffhanger-esque mid credit scene where Will Smith goes to visit his incarcerated long lost son and is like, if there was an opportunity for you to make amends, would you do it? Um, or would and, you just let it slip? Yeah, yeah. So His the palms are sweaty. <laughs> the fourth film was announced in 2020 with Smith and Lawrence set to return, but more recently, after Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars, Bad Boys 4, as well as several other Will Smith movies, have been halted, unfortunately. <laughs> but if your Bad Boys itch continues to need a scratching, I have <laughs> some good news. Did you know about this? That there is a TV show spin off of Bad Boys. Hmm. 
Did you know about this? LA's finest. LA's finest. I had no idea. Um, it saw Gabrielle Union replies her reprise her role as Sid <laughs> Burnett, Marcus's sister from Bad Boys Two. They mention her in Bad Boys for Life that they that her and um and mm. Mike are no longer together. Which for me was like okay, interesting that you just yeah. throw out the whole emotional core of the second yeah. film. I, I I thought they would be together in the third one. Same. Um, this came out. This show came out in 2019, so considerably a long That's time insane, after. Insane, yeah. <laughs> Bad Boys Two. It ran for two seasons before getting cancelled. It also starred Jessica Alba. Uh, I get the feeling it probably removes itself quite. I, I, a part of me is like, it must just be like, if you know, you know. I doubt yeah, yeah, that yeah. they like tie it to Bad Boys, but um, the one of the that cast and crew appearance Wikipedia table they do yeah, where yeah, it has yeah, like yeah. all of them and all the actors who play the different characters. Um, that tells me that um that uh, Mike is mentioned in one at one at some point. Oh, yeah. uh, I presume the pilot. Um, Marcus is seen as a kid in a flashback. Um, the man in the chair character, Fletcher, also is, appears. I don't know in what capacity in the show. Um, and weirdly, uh, Reggie <laughs> is, appears, played by a different actor who plays yeah. him in, in, the, in two and reprises his role for a brief scene in For Life. But yeah, Reggie, the kid that wants to date Martin Lawrence's daughter, <laughs> is in it um so that's kind of interesting there um what's your continue the franchise my continue the franchise is called good girls oh. and it's it's you just made my pussy throw up richard <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a bunch of people with kink prizes um mm. Mm, mm. um no, I th- I think that the, the I you mean, mean LA's finest. Kinks? Huh? <laughs> you said kink praises. Do you mean praise kinks? I said praise kinks. I think you said kink praises. Well, regardless, irregardless. I'm cutting, of I'm cutting this out if you didn't say it. I'm leaving it in <laughs> if you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of people with kink praises. <laughs> Yeah, what my my two like sort of joke ones I came up with were like yeah, good girls or worse boys, and <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe I like the idea of worse boys that it's like go harder on the comedy element, and it's like how bring in Dana Carvey and John Lovitz, <laughs> yes, have them do like a, a, like a a full on comedy, and mm. it's about. And maybe they work at the same, um, the same precinct as Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. They've been there the whole time since 1995, and the whole time, you know, they they get all of the they get stuck with all the paperwork that Will Smith and Martin Lawrence should be doing themselves. And then one day they decide, actually, no, I'm going. We're going to be even worse boys, and they're going to get stuck with our paperwork. Mm. And so they go on paperwork a, an adventure. Would be a good, paperwork would be a good title for like a mobisode uh, set in the Bad Boys mm. universe. But yeah, so it's it's a, it's John Lovitz and Dana Carvey going out of their way to cause as much collateral damage as they can on a case, so mm. that Will Smith and Martin Lawrence get stuck with the paperwork. Mm. And it's called nice. Worse Boys. I love it. I love it. My um for me, I would rather discontinue the franchise, Richard. I don't think 
it needs anymore. I think we actually have a pretty respectable trilogy on our hands, which tells a complete, other than that little cliffhanger, I guess, like tells a complete narrative, character, emotional arc um, that's very cool. I um, mean, this is why my continued franchise is this. Um, I need to somehow convince Martin Lawrence to slap Chris Rock. <laughs> because if they both get cancer, there's no way it's happening, you know? Like, if it's mm. just, if it's like, oh, we're, we're putting it on hiatus because Will Smith smacked someone, then mm. it's like, well, whatever. But if we get Martin Lawrence to do it as well, it's gone. And Bad Boy is probably the only movie that's affi- that'll be affected by both <laughs> both actors being cancelled. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Wild Hogs 2 isn't happening anytime soon. Are they both in that? No, it's Martin Lawrence. Oh, yeah, well, Martin Lawrence isn't doing anything else, is he? And Ray Liotta died as well, so. Oh, true. There we go. All right, Richard, now we're going to go and rank debt franchise. If you go over to our letterbox, um, the Cop Option letterbox, we have a list called FFF Ranking, where we rank every franchise we've ever done. Um, Bad Boys is the 160th franchise that we've covered. And allow me to pitch something kind of controversial, Richard, to you. Um, I kind of think it sh- probably should rank pretty high. Because oh, yeah. I think I think having a really good third entry is the same as like having any amount of good sequel. Like mm. you know, like we we ranked Terminator so high because the fact that it has an impeccable second entry mm. is actually quite an interesting like mm. star for the franchise. I think having a third one that come that's come out so much later that is the you know as far as critics think is the only good one in the series. I think that that like bumps it up, and I'm going to pitch you that we should put Bad Boys at around. Let's go um, forty two. Let's go above 42. the SpongeBob movies and below the Raid. Yeah, all right. Oh, if we no. go above the Raid, then we've got Lethal Weapon and Bad Boys next to each other. Yeah. Okay. Do you reckon? Um, it's not better, it's better than the raid. Or worse? <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's not better raid. than the raid. I was gonna yeah. say that's what I thought you were meaning, and I was like, well, <laughs> that's actually nowhere near as high as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I was, I was like, looking at like the twenties. Well, it's because yeah. the, because the way ranking works is you get so caught up in your own little mm. bubbles of what's before and after, and, and nothing actually makes sense in the end. Mm. Um. So there you go. It is the the forty. Uh, what did I say? Forty something. Something that's somewhere in there. I don't know. Does it need to go higher because it's got such a good third? No, nah, I think where it is is fine. All right, it's not better. Forty-two. Than the You're right. I know it's not. I'm just trying to be controversial for the sake of content. Nice. All right, number forty-two. Uh, You're and the Richard, con in content. We have now got to decide what movie we are doing, what franchise we're doing next week. And well, it's not up to us to decide, is it? No, it's over on patreon.com slash copopsha where every second franchise, uh, if you donate only a dollar, you get to suggest and or vote more. on which, or more if you want, um, uh, you get to suggest and vote on which franchise will be the next one. And what if, what's the, I haven't checked the poll in a couple of days. Are you on it? Yeah, I, I never really looked at it, to be honest. Are you pulling up or do you want me to? Do you want me to or do you want to? Yeah, you can. Okay. Alrighty, so over on the Patreon, yeah, so we put up this poll, and it was pretty tight. There was some um, competition going down. We we told everyone we only really have time to do a two film franchise this for the next one because um, you're off to America, um, and so yeah. we were like, please, please consider that, and please just pitch us two film franchises. And oh, it's a draw. What do we do? 
All right, here we go. I'll flip a coin. Coin flip. Alrighty. So the two that it's come down to, should I reveal that? Or should I first say that if you enjoyed the show, you should follow yeah. us on all the all the social medias such as uh, Instagram and Twitter at Cold Pop Show. Come along and follow us, um, and you can also uh, jump in our Discord, which there'll be a link to in the show notes. And if you want to get involved in all this Patreon madness, Patreon.com/slash Cold Pop Show, and you can be a part of it too. Richard, let's go coming to America. A very funny suggestion for mm. next. Uh, that they're two coming to America films versus Blade Runner. Not at all a very funny suggestion, but undoubtedly better movies than coming to America. Let's say coming to America is heads mm-hmm. and Blade Runner is tails. Um, it's funny because people were talking about this in the discord and someone brought up what I thought was a very good point that like, if coming to America doesn't win, it will well. never, it, there won't ever be a coming to America <laughs> episode because no yeah. one's going to suggest it again. Yeah. Um, whereas Blade Runner almost definitely will get suggested and covered mm. one day. Yeah. So. so, coming to America's heads and Blade Runner's tails. Okay, here we go. I'm videoing it again. It is heads. So it's coming to America. Yeah. Wow! Saved the day. It <laughs> saved the day, everyone. So the thank you to Random Chance. We're going to be covering the coming to America. Of all you Blade Runner fans out there, don't worry. We'll get to it eventually. So tune in next uh, fortnight to hear the coming to America episode as Richard will be going to America. Why mm. aren't they called going to America? Yeah, if only. If only. If only. All right, everyone. And that is the show. Stay tuned um, for the post credit scene after this music stops. Um, and the, the we're bad boys. We're just a couple of fucking terrible people. The movie should be called Terrible People. Bad friends. Bad friends. Alrighty, welcome along to the post credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about in this, the post credit scene. Richard, who's it from and what is it? This comes from Joshua Cole, who says, FMK, fuck, Mary kill, Princess Switch edition, Fiona, Stacey, Margaret. I feel gross about fuck, Mary kill with real people. Oh, God. So this is so this is the they're like not, posh one. They're the not American. real people. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> it's a Vanessa Hudgens question, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Fiona, Princess Switch. So, yeah, which one's which? Fiona's the like Disney villain. Mm-hmm. Margaret is like the posh one, and who's the the third one? That's the American one. That's just Vanessa. Stacy, yeah. Stacy, right? Well, oh, so I wait, would... so, so Stacy is the <sighs> yeah. So yeah. So Stacy's the American one. Mm. Margaret is the queen, and then yeah. Fiona's the sexy one. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. Um, I would probably, I reckon I would kill Stacy because she's the least interesting. I would marry Margaret so that I get inheritance um, and I can become the rich that I so desperately want to topple. Um, And, you know, Fiona seems like she'd be a good time. Say it. No. Say it. It's the game. I would... I, I, you say it. What do you, what's you, surely you have the same answer. Yeah, it's the, uh, yeah, there's only one right answer. <laughs> Kill Stacey, marry Margaret, and fuck Fiona. 
Alrighty. There it is, everyone. What a, Say it, what a distinctly uh, Say it. Michael Bay mid-2006 sexist ending to this Say episode. It. Fuck. I can say fuck. You think fuck I can't? Fuck who? Fiona. Say it together. No. <laughs> I'm too scared. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.